Hey everybody, Chase Nobles here, co-founder of Kush.com. Today I've got Everest Holmes from Carol Botanicals with us today. How are you, Everest? Doing good, thank you. Good Thanks to have you on the show. Yeah, I'm happy to have you. Happy to have you on the show. Now, it sounds like you had a hell of a year growing out there in North Carolina. What's it been like? How's, how'd the season treat you? Well, uh, yeah, last year, I mean, well, we started out with the pandemic, basically the lockdown hit. So there was a lot of you know, adjusting to that, trying to figure out, can we do this? Is this going to be too dangerous? Is it, you know, but we just went ahead and, and did it. And um, I got involved with an investment group um, and, and we started up Carol Botanicals and um, it's been going good. We planted about 20 acres of hemp last year outdoors and uh, got our genetics from um, Blue Forest Farm in Colorado. We're doing some exotic genetics, hot blonde and queen dream uh, feminized and and the, they turned out great. Um, they did well here. Uh, you know, we definitely had our issues related to humidity um, being in, in, you know, the southeastern U.S., um, but uh, we were able to pull it off and um, got uh, quite a big haul, uh, harvested some outdoor smokable quality, surprisingly, and um, and then the rest to biomass. And so we're making a lot of different products out of it. Uh, we're involved, we, we've, we've got our own CO2 extractor. It's kind of small scale, but um, you know, there's other extractors around that we've been able to team up with and, and go ahead and um, get, get bulk um, extracted so that we can start making products. And we, uh, we, we have a big vision and we're just starting out with hemp. Um, hoping that it can it can kind of uh, be something that we'll be able to reinvest in um, in, in our and grow uh, slowly grow our business naturally. Um, yeah, so. right on. And so what part of North Carolina are you in? We're in eastern North Carolina, the coastal Piedmont. And um, so, you know, it's and, and I'm actually coming from the mountains uh, where I was growing before. So different climate, different um, you know hydrogeology and everything and uh, so it was it was you know neat to see the differences there but um yeah eastern north carolina towards the coast about an hour from the coast so hurricanes are a little bit of an issue we did have to contend with last year um you know especially with hemp not liking wet feet so drainage drainage everything that was a big a big take home is prepare the drainage systems way in advance so they can handle a lot of water right so I, I imagine you know it has to be north carolina has two very different climates you got kind of the whole coastal section and then you've got the appalachian mountains right where yes. it's a little bit yeah you get a little bit more uh i i would say a little bit less humidity still humid right but mm -hmm. yeah i would imagine that drainage would be a pretty big challenge so um for anybody growing in that area what what did you all do to 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 to, to keep the the roots you know from sitting in a puddle of water what, what was the strategy yeah. there yeah well um well ditches deep ditches deeper than you think you need to go um and and because you're moving land you got to really think about what the repercussions of that are erosion wise and everything um another another really important one that isn't necessarily thought of right off the bat is row orientation and and how you're gonna if you you know even on flat coastal land like we are you do need to think about, um, you know, with the small slopes and then uh, small slopes can actually have a big impact on water catchment. Um, and, and then too, you know, 
understanding what's going on below the soil surface because we grow in really sandy, silty loam, but um, you know, only about a couple feet down is a clay pan. And one thing I'm very interested in is, is natural farming and uh, learning how to regenerate the soil, um, learning how to um, identify uh, basically pathogens and pests that are, and, and weeds, um, so that we can take a more organic approach with less herbicide, less pesticide or no pesticide. Um, we use biological controls for pests and that's been going really well. I could talk about that. Um, we, we also um, are looking at uh, beneficial microorganisms to amend our soil and form those associations with the plants so that they're actually doing a lot of the work of mineralizing nutrients and um, into organically available forms. Uh, so that we don't have to rely on synthetics, because that's a lot of a lot of the movement that's sort of happening right now in the regenerative agriculture scene is is to um, completely uh, stop using synthetic fertilizers um, in an outdoor setting because it, it it is showing a high correlation and cause it causal effect of killing the soil microbiology, which then leads to problems. So, like the hard pan. And so with, you know, kind of the sandier soil that you have out there, what do you do to get the nutrients into the soil that the, the plant needs? Because hemp takes a lot out of the soil. Of nutrients, um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So we're actually using Neptune's harvest and I, I got to give them a shout out there. Uh, it's a really simple fertilizer and you may have heard of it. Uh, Neptune's harvest, they take, um, they take uh, fish emulsion, basically fish guts and everything and blend it and stabilize it and it has a really well-rounded balance they have different products depending on what flower you know veg flower um or whatever stage you're in but uh, but it gives it gives a very well-rounded um, balance of macro and micronutrients to feed the plants so and, it, and 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 you don't need as much and a lot of the reason you don't need as much is because organic matter breaks down with the introduction of beneficial microbes um, providing things like nitrogen. And I mean, nitrogen is free and abundant in the air. It's just about how do you get the plants to take that nitrogen out of the air? And it comes back to the microbes again. And so what kind of microbes are you using? You know, I had a company yeah. that did a mycorrhizae yeah. uh, in the soil. Are you using any fungi? Um, but yeah, also... Yeah. Yeah, what other kind of microbes are you introducing into the soil to, you know, yeah. get the quality up higher? Yeah, so we, we, um, we've tried out a number of different products, and the one that we had the best results with, and I have some good evidence of, is, uh, is, is called Great White. Great White Beneficial Mycorrhizae with Trichoderma. And Trichoderma is, well, there's a fly. Um, trichoderma is a pretty cool one. Um, it's actually a way of of hemp being able to fix their own nitrogen, like we were just talking about. So, so trichoderma are not the type of bacteria that, that fix nitrogen in the way that legumes do, like peas or beans. They, they have a different type of, um, of, of bacteria that, that associates with their roots and will actually fix nitrogen directly from 
uh, from the plants, drawing it up and trading it for uh, sugars and such. But the, um, the trichoderma are actually going to be um, build, basically converting nitrogen from organic matter in the soil locally around the roots, not, not symbi it is symbiotic, but it's not, um, it's, it's not a, uh, it's not um, where, where, where they're feeding and trading off of the roots. The trichoderma are more so um, breaking down, living in that root system as a, um, as a microenvironment and then providing that nitrogen organically as they multiply, decompose, and, and convert organic matter. So yeah, a lot of what I've discovered is adding organic matter to the soil is big, especially in sandy soil and clay soil too. They're all, both of those extreme types of soil are missing organic matter often that, that can help retain nutrients that are organically available, but also convert, helping to um, convert uh, and, and provide a home for microbes at carbon. So. Right. And so speaking of, you know, kind of maintaining the quality of the plant and I mm -hmm. see a couple of flies flying around. So you've got this, you've got this real healthy soil. Yeah. You've got all these beautiful plants growing that's going to attract pests. Yes. How do you, how do you manage that? Because it's not something that you can, you know, just hope doesn't happen. Right. If you have right. a healthy garden, Absolutely. pests are going to come. And right. so what do you do to manage that? Yeah. Well, uh, one, one thing is, is having healthy plants. I mean, the most important thing is to have, is to, to give your plants the best start. So when they're going, you know, from the seedling stage, that's almost just like with, with, animals, adult, adult people are often, um, to compare animals to plants, but, uh, you know, we, we form a lot in, of, of our habits and our, our genetic expressions when we're young and those, and, and we're very malleable when we're young. Same with, with seedlings. I mean, seedlings are very, very sensitive to abiotic and biotic factors, but, um, you know, so, so those things can influence, as I'm sure you've probably experienced too, um, you know, one, one little factor can alter the phenotypes of your plants, especially with hemp being such a newly, newly um, stabilized genetic strains, they're, they're still a little bit um, unstable. And so um, we just try to really, really give a lot of attention early on um, to all the factors so that they're healthy as possible when they go in the ground. Managing those abiotic and biotic factors is huge. So, um, and how do we manage the biotic factors is uh, we, we, we've used a lot of biological controls. Um, you need a diversity of biological controls. You can't just rely on one uh, parasitic bacteria or something like that. Um, but, but a lot of these biocontrols are, are, uh, it's a, it's a booming industry right now. Um, rapidly growing. My favorite company is Marone bio innovations and they have specifically done research on, on hemp, uh, to, to manage pests. And so we're using, uh, certain types of bacteria that are sprayed on foliarly and that uh, and they basically infect insects that that eat the plants, and it's and it's pretty effective. It's it's highly effective. 
it does require some rotation of, of use. So we have like three different products that are going to target the same insects. But that way, you know, the insects, because they breed so much, they, they aren't going to, they're not going to be able to keep up with um, that, you know, mutating to be resistant to those bacteria. And, um, but a lot of these, a lot of these uh, bio insecticides that are, that are coming out on the market, especially, like I said, Marone Bio Innovations, they got really good products um, for biocontrol. So. So it sounds like you have a really high quality flower, um, high quality yeah. plant that you've been able to harvest and, uh, you know, portion of it into flower, you know, probably the, the tops and, and things like that. And a fair mm -hmm. amount of biomass, um, pesticide free, healthy soil, yes. um, you know, high quality in the market. But it also looks like you're taking a look at lavender, some herbs, some uh, giant, right. uh, giant bamboo. Tell us That's what else right. you got going on over there, because it yeah. sounds like a pretty interesting farm. Yeah, well, we really believe it's important to diversify and we're trying to we're trying to change um, the, the view of farming in, in, in our own little way uh, to to be um, more incorporate more uh, natural systems again. So like back, even back to the pest controls, the lavender and and rosemary, for example, and oregano, not only are they going to be cash crops for us, but they're also serving ecological uh, roles where where they're they're helping to repel pests. They're helping to attract beneficial insects. Beneficial insects are all predators. They're not herbivores. The herbivores are the, are, are the bad insects that we're trying to kill. So when we bring in, when we reduce um, chemical pesticide use and we actually bring in beneficials by, um, through attracting them with plants, then we're creating an ecosystem that's uh, self-contained and uh, or, or not self-contained, but but more self-regulating. And so, yeah, you bring in predator insects um, because you're attracting other insects. So it's it's not so our frame of mind is is um, to be diverse. And and that's not only going to help us when the price of hemp tanks, you know, like it did last year, but also when, um, you know, we have we have uh, the need to stay away from, um, you know, conventional methods. Right. And for, you know, you know, kind of one of the mottos of Carol Botanicals is the seed to shelf. Yeah. Um, understanding the farming and all the background that you have and, and everything that you've done there, what products are you actually taking to the shelves? If, if people find a Carol Botanicals product, yeah. you know, in this, in their local store, what, yeah. what products might they see as far as the lineup goes? Sure. Well, right now we uh, we we just launched in 2020, and um, we have smokable blunt cones, uh, pre-rolled cones. We have um, jarred greenhouse indoor, um, and we have and then we have our extract products. So we have a whole line of tinctures. Uh, we also got the water soluble tinctures down, which we're really excited about. So we're, we're nano emulsifying, which um, as a, as, as a uh, tincture, it becomes more um, available to, um, to, to the human when, when ingested. And so we're also going to be um, launching a line of animal products. So we're looking at horses and, and pets as, as a market for 
um, our water tinctures, our water-based tincture. And then we have, we've got some green tea lotion, some lavender lotion. Right now we outsource the green tea and lavender um, because we just started growing it. But in the future, we plan on incorporating those, for example. So, um, Have you been able to take your CO2 uh, so, machine and put any of the herbs or, or anything like that in there to, to make you know, the essential oils of Oh, we absolutely will. Rosemary? We absolutely yep. will and can. And we're, yep, we've, we've, uh, we've had to master that system, um, getting it down with the CBD extraction. Uh, but it has a lot of potential for terpene extraction, CO2. Right, right. You, can, you know, a lot of people can, don't realize that uh, fractions and, yep. these machines weren't originally created for him. They're, a lot of them were created to right. extract everything from vanilla to lavender. So to be able to pull that, yeah. you know, as a machine in and have those types of products to be able to make uh, exactly. finished goods with could be really interesting. That'd be exciting to see, you know, a multi-ingredient farm producing finished yes. goods. Yes, exactly. And, and another, another kind of extract product that's becoming really popular these days in the wellness communities are, are, are um, medicinal mushroom extracts. So mushrooms like reishi or, um, or, or cordyceps militaris, um, those, are, those are now a lot of gaining popularity um, as for, for the benefits that they provide. And so, you know, that's another one we're looking at, you know, not just. Oh, you're thinking about doing mushroom farms. Are you growing mushrooms already? Uh, or are you farming yeah. mushrooms already? Oh, uh, well, no, not, not right now, but, but it is on the back burner, you know? Yeah. Right. So. No, it couldn't be too wild to spin that up. And that would be a lot of fun to see that many yeah. different products come out of one farm. Now, um, you right. know, kind of what, What's the plan, you know, in addition to these other crops, where, where are you all looking to go over the next year or two years? How do you all think strategically about where the hemp market is going, where the wellness market is going and where the farming sure. industry well, is? Sure. Well, as we all know, it, it does take a lot to get to the point of sale with hemp and, and, and we're all still biting our nails, waiting to see how the how the legislation goes and everything like that but right now in north carolina they allowed us to go back to the 2014 farm bill so luckily here smokable flour did not get banned um delta eight is also not banned yet and we are going to be uh getting into that as well with the d8 water soluble um look we we are looking to be a wholesaler we have that potential based on how much land we have and um, our resources. And so, but we wanna grow, we wanna grow, you know, slow and organically um, in, in terms of scaling up. And so we don't overextend our, but uh, I'd say in the next year, we plan on, on wholesaling um, as many clients as we can. Um, we, we have the inventory for it and we have, yeah, like I said, a lot of different products from uh, beauty, like um, creams, massage oils, to uh, the tinctures and smokables. And so well, we would like to, again, starting out with hemp, but, but then, you know, maybe um, 
you know, and, and, and all these crops are long-term crops. So we're playing, we're, we're sticking it out for the long game. We're here to stay. Um, we're, we're going to make it work. And, uh, but we're really in that beginning startup stage as of 2021 with our first crop being 2020. Congratulations. Next round in the ground. Yep. Yeah. Congratulations on, you know, doing all of that and having the next harvest in the ground already having all these finished goods coming to the market. It's, it's yeah. truly impressive. If anybody's looking for some natural, healthy products to bring into their, uh, to bring into their homes, Carol Botanicals uh, sounds like a great fit and it's exciting to have you on the platform. Can't wait to see your products and uh, c- good luck with everything. Appreciate you coming on Thank the show. You. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. All right, Everest. I appreciate your time. We'll talk soon. Talk soon. Bye-bye.